Hello, hello, my sweet baby psychos, <laughs> and welcome back to another brand new episode of Air Unknown, a mystery podcast. Uh, I know I told you guys last week at the end of the episode that I was going to be covering a requested case, uh, one of the missing 411 cases this week, and I still will. Uh, but there are just so many cases under that umbrella, and I really wanted to get the most comprehensive story that I possibly could. Um, and I didn't think that I could actually get all that research done in just a week. So that one will be coming soon, I promise. Um, but I also did want to do a quick thank you to everyone who has followed us on social media, who has rated and reviewed us on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out so much with visibility and is really the only way I can keep making this creepy content for you guys and for new listeners. So please do that if you haven't already. Um, and today, without further ado, today we are diving into the mystery, the unsolved, still to this day, mystery surrounding the death of Elisa Lamb. On February 19th, 2013, guests of the Cecil Hotel in downtown Los Angeles complained about low water pressure and a weird taste coming from the tap water. Santiago Lopez, a maintenance worker with the hotel, went up to the roof where the water tanks that supplied water to the hotel were located. While inspecting them, he noticed that one of the water tanks' lids was open. So he climbed up there, peered in, and was horrified to find the dead body of a young girl who was later identified as missing person Elisa Lamb floating naked in the water below. And to this day, no one really knows what happened leading up to the death of Elisa Lamb. Elisa Lamb was born April 30th, 1991 to immigrant parents from Hong Kong in Vancouver, BC, Canada. She was a student at the University of British Columbia. In mid-2010, Lamb began a blog named Ether Fields on Blogspot, and over the next two years, she posted pictures of models in fashionable clothing and accounts of her life, particularly her struggle with mental illness. In a January 2012 blog post, Lamb discussed that a relapse at the start of the current school term had forced her to drop several classes. She was worried that her school transcript would look suspicious with so many withdrawals and that it would result in her being unable to continue her studies and attend graduate school. She titled this post, You're always haunted by the idea you're wasting your life, after a quotation by the novelist Chuck Palnuck. She used that quote as an epigraph for her blog. To me, this kind of seemed like the catalyst for her plan to embark on a solo trip to explore around the west coast of the United States. Her family had been wary of her traveling by herself, but Elisa was determined to do it alone. 
and as a compromise, she made sure to check in with her parents every day of the trip to let them know that she was safe. For her trip to California, Lamb traveled alone on Amtrak and inner-city buses. She visited the San Diego Zoo and posted photos taken there on social media. On January 26th, she arrived in Los Angeles, and two days later, she checked into the Cecil Hotel in downtown L.A. Now, the Cecil Hotel has quite the reputation for being one of the most supposedly haunted properties in Los Angeles. Built as a business hotel in the 1920s, the Cecil fell on hard times during the Great Depression of the 1930s and never quite recaptured its original market as downtown L.A. decayed around it in the late 20th century. Several of Los Angeles' more notable murders have happened at or have connections to the hotel. The most famous death associated with the hotel other than Lamb's was the 1947 murder of actress Elizabeth Short, a.k.a. the Black Dahlia who was reportedly seen drinking at the hotel bar just days before her untimely death. In 1964, Goldie Osgood, the pigeon lady of Pershing Square, was raped and murdered in her room at the Cecil, a crime that has still never been solved. Serial killers Jack Underweger, known as the Vienna Strangler, and Richard Ramirez, known as the Night Stalker, both resided at the Cecil while active. And there have also been multiple suicides, one of which also killed a pedestrian outside the front of the hotel entrance. So of course, it's got quite the spooky past. So when Lamb checked in, she was initially assigned a shared room on the hotel's fifth floor. However, her roommates complained about certain odd behavior, and she was moved to a room of her own just after two days. See, Lamb had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and depression. She had been prescribed four medications, Wellbutrin, Lamictal, Seroquel, and Effexor, to treat her disorders. According to her family, who supposedly kept her history of mental illness a secret, Lamb had no history of suicidal ideations or attempts, although one report claimed she had previously gone missing for a brief period of time. Far, She was fine, she was taking her medication, and she really just wanted to get away for a while and explore what else life had to offer. It's something that so many of us go through in our college years, and it can be a really stressful, uncertain time. For a lot of us, it's our first time out in the world, on our own, and the first time you really get to experience life as an adult. I can't even imagine how hard that must be while also experiencing mental health issues. But up until now, everything makes me believe that she was doing this to better herself, to make herself happier. On January 31st, 2013, the day she was scheduled to check out of the Cecil and leave for Santa Cruz, Elisa failed to call her parents like she had every day of her trip. So getting more and more worried, they called the Los Angeles Police Department to declare her missing and they flew out to Los Angeles to help with the search. The police conducted as thorough of a search as they legally could on the premises of the Cecil. They searched Lamb's room and had dogs go through the building, including the rooftop, but the canines were unsuccessful in detecting her scent. We didn't get to search every room, Sergeant Rudy Lopez said later. We could only do that if we had probable cause to believe that a crime had been committed. 
On February 6th, a week after Lamb had last been seen, the LAPD decided more help was needed. Flyers with her image were posted in the neighborhood and online. It brought the case to the public's attention through the media. Hotel staff who saw Lamb that day said that she was alone. Outside of the hotel, Katie Orphan, a manager of a nearby bookstore, was the only person who recalled seeing her out that day. Orphan said, quote, She was outgoing, very lively, very friendly, while getting gifts to take home to her family. She was talking about what book she was getting and whether or not what she was getting would be too heavy for her to carry around as she traveled. It seemed like she had plans to return home, plans to give things to her family members and reconnect with them, end quote. On February 15th, another week after no sign of lamb, police released surveillance footage taken from the cameras at the Cecil Hotel on their website. And this is where things get strange. On the hotel elevator security camera, you can clearly see Elisa on the day of her disappearance, acting rather odd. In the pixelated footage, Lamb can be seen stepping into the elevator and pushing all of the floor buttons. She steps in and out of the elevator, poking her head out to look down the hallways, almost like she's looking for someone or trying to avoid someone. She's backing into the corners of the elevator as if she's trying to hide. She peers out a few times before stepping out of the elevator entirely and shifting to the left side of the door, almost completely out of frame. And it's here where we see her doing these wild hand gestures, like she could be talking to someone, but no one else can be seen on the video and the doors of the elevator stay open the entire time. Now, I'm obviously going to post this video on my Instagram so you guys can check it out for yourself. The first time I saw it, which is what got me excited about this case in the first place, it freaked me out so much. It's such a chilling video just because it's such strange behavior. It's just the video. There's no audio. So it just adds so much mystery to this case that we actually get a glimpse into the life she was leading on the day of her death. Several theories evolved to explain her actions. One was that Lamb was trying to get the elevator car to move in order to escape from someone who was pursuing her. Others suggested that she might be under the influence of ecstasy or some other party drug, but none was detected in her body. And when her bipolar disorder became known, the theory was that she was having a psychotic episode. Other viewers argued that the video had been tampered with before being made public. Besides the obscuring of the timestamp on the bottom, they claimed parts had been slowed down and nearly a minute of footage had been discreetly removed. And there are multiple reasons why this could be true. It could have been done simply to protect the identity of someone who otherwise would have been in the video but had little or nothing to do with the case, or it could be to conceal evidence if Lamb's disappearance and death had been the result of a criminal act. So two weeks go by with no leads as to where Elisa could be until the guests of the hotel start complaining about the foul-tasting water, the bad water pressure, and that's when our maintenance guy, Santiago, finds her body in one of the 4,000-gallon water tanks on the roof. The tanks provided water to guests' rooms, 
a kitchen, and a coffee shop. According to a statement by the chief of the Los Angeles Fire Department, the tank in which Lamb's body was found had to be completely drained and then cut open from the side just in order to remove her body. Nobody knows how Lamb's corpse ended up in the hotel's water tank or who else might have been involved. Hotel staff told authorities that Lamb was always seen by herself around the hotel premises. On February 21st, the Los Angeles coroner's office issued a finding of accidental drowning with bipolar disorder as a significant factor. The full coroner's report released in June stated that Lamb's body had been found naked. Clothing similar to that she was wearing in the elevator video was floating in the water next to her, coated with a sand-like particulate. Her watch and room key were also found with her. When the autopsy results for Lamb's case came out, it only posed more questions. The toxology report, though incomplete because not enough of her blood was preserved, confirmed that Lamb had consumed a number of medical drugs, likely to be the medication for her bipolar disorder. But there were no indications of alcohol or illegal substances in her body. There was no evidence of physical trauma, sexual assault, or suicide. One summary of Lamb's toxicology report was posted online by a Reddit user, and it pointed out three key observations. One, that Lamb took at least one antidepressant that day. Two, Lamb had taken her second antidepressant and mood stabilizer recently, but not that day. And three, Lamb had not taken her antipsychotic recently. These conclusions suggested that Lamb, who had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and depression, may have not been taking her medications properly. Lola, quit it! The the autopsy report and its conclusions have also been questioned. For instance, it doesn't say what the results of the rape kit and the fingernail kit were, or even if they were processed at all. If Elisa Lamb had been suffering from mental health issues, there is still a lot of questions as to how she ended up dead. Furthermore, how did she end up in the hotel's water tank? Santiago Lopez, the maintenance worker, described in detail how much effort he had to exert just to find her body. Lopez said that he took the elevator up to the 15th floor of the hotel before walking up the staircase to the roof. Then he had to first turn off the rooftop alarm and climb up to the platform where the hotel's four water tanks were located. Finally, he had to climb another ladder of his own to get to the top of the main tank. Only after that did he notice something unusual. He says, quote, I noticed the hatch to the main water tank was open and looked inside and saw an Asian woman laying face up in the water, approximately 12 inches from the top of the tank, unquote. Lopez's testimony suggested that it would have been difficult for Lamb to make it to the top of the water tank on her own, or at least without anyone noticing. The hotel's chief engineer, Pedro Tovar, also made it clear that it would be difficult for anyone to access the rooftop where the hotel water tanks were located without triggering the alarms. Only hotel employees would be able to deactivate the alarm properly, and if it was triggered, the sound of the alarm would reach the front desk as well as the entire top two floors of the hotel. And no alarm was heard that night. 
This led many online sleuths to believe someone who worked at the hotel had to have led her up there or maybe propped open the door purposefully. But apart from this question of how she got on the roof, others asked if she could have even gotten to, into the tank by herself. All four of the tanks are four by eight foot cylinders propped up on concrete blocks. There is no fixed access to them, and hotel workers had to use a ladder to look at the water. They are protected by heavy lids that would be difficult to replace from within. So if there's no ladder there for her to get up and it's eight feet tall, how on earth would she be able to get in there by herself? In September, Lamb's parents filed a wrongful death suit, claiming the hotel failed to inspect and seek out hazards in the hotel that presented an unreasonable risk of danger to Elisa and other hotel guests and seeking unspecified damages and burial costs. The hotel argued it could not have reasonably foreseen that Lamb may have entered the water tanks, and that since it remained unknown how she got into the water tanks, no liability could be assigned for failing to prevent that. And in 2015, the suit was dismissed. Elisa's death has inspired many films, and maybe most notably Ryan Murphy's television show American Horror Story Hotel. The elevator video was reposted wildly, including the Chinese video sharing site Youku, where it got 3 million views and 40,000 comments in its first 10 days. Many of the commentators found it so unsettling to watch. There was also a theory that popped up that suggested she was playing the elevator game. And I wanted to throw this in at the end just because it's super creepy to think about, um... But the elevator game is a ritual that originated on a Korean website, and when executed properly, you can be supposedly transported to another dimension. To play, you need to be in a building with at least 10 floors, and it's best played at night because you need to be completely alone. You'll need to get into the elevator and go to multiple floors in a specific order. And when you get to the fifth floor, a woman will enter. Whatever you do, you're not supposed to look at her or speak to her. She isn't human. When you reach the top floor, you will enter another dimension. You'll still be in the hotel, but you'll be completely alone in this dimension. Your phone won't work and you may feel disoriented or even faint. And if you wake up and don't take the proper precautions and steps, strange things may happen or you may be stuck there forever. The tragic death of Elisa Lam, while shocking and mysterious, could most likely just be a result of mental illness, but that small chance of something more sinister still remains in this case years after her death. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode, and like I said before, please go ahead and follow us on Instagram at Podcast and Twitter at Pod. And please send me your creepy stories. It can be literally about anything, about ghosts, crime, a cult you were part of once, whatever it is, send it to me. I really, really, really want to read them for all of our listeners. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It means the world to me if you can do that. Thank you to everybody who already has. Um... And thank you all a million for listening to this little episode. I know it was short and sweet, but this, this death, 
um, really stuck with me the first time I heard it. And it, it's always been one that I knew I wanted to, to talk about on the podcast. Um, this seemed like a perfect, uh, time to do it. It's getting colder outside. Uh, leaves are falling. It's starting to get into spooky season. And I do have a lot of ideas for Halloween. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. Please send me your requests. If you have any requests, uh, for cases to do, please send them at, uh, to my email at air at gmail.com. Um, because I'm trying to plan the whole Halloween week. Uh, so I'm definitely going to have multiple episodes for you guys that week and I'm still planning it all out, but I'm really excited about it. We will probably do a bunch of ghost stories, um, and maybe some old folklore and stuff like that. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate it so much and I will see you next week with a brand new episode. Love you so much. Goodbye.